Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Episode 155. Woo! We made it, Joe. We made it. We made it. Unlike CNN, they didn't make it. They CNN didn't. Plus, they didn't make it. They barely even got out of the gate. The Standing Brothers they show on the front on the finish line. The Standing Brothers show, longer lasting project than CNN Plus. Can we get a round of applause for that? Woo! I don't know if you can, can compare CNN Plus to our little CNN corner of the world. Here. CNN Plus had a shorter tenure on the internet than the Standing Brothers show. So therefore, by a process of elimination. We are superior to CNN Plus. Woo! Okay. I, I, I guess if you want to go by that metric, that's fine. That's but. the only metric to go by, Joe. Yeah, they only lasted, what, 21 days? I bet you, Joe, that we probably, by, by the time that we die, we'll have more viewers <laughs> than CNN Plus ever did. I think at the highest, they only had like 10,000 monthly subscribers. No, 10,000 daily views. 10,000 daily which views. Which is... Absolutely. Well, how can you even say monthly? Because they, they were even open for a month. But so. think about that. Like, okay, so ten thousand views. There are. I was, I was telling you this back when they when they officially announced they were closing. I was. I said, you know, that there is YouTubers that have less than less than fifty thousand subscribers that'll get ten thousand views a video. Hmm. And CNN, like CNN, can't get that mainstream mainstream cable, cable, news. cable news can't get that. That that to me. I mean, but then again, I remember when I saw an advertisement for CNN Plus, I was like, who's actually going to sign up for this? Why would I want to buy a streaming service with a media organization I don't trust and don't like? I mean, they were trying so hard, they, they tried to resurrect Anthony Bourdain. Well, that was the only thing that actually looked... Enticing? Well, it's enticing. It's like, okay, I would like to watch that because I find Anthony Bourdain to be a fascinating character. As, you know, he traveled. And yeah. I'm not sure what... They were. It was supposed to be new footage. I'm not sure what he filmed. That they, that they, they never released. Never released. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I was. I thought that that'd be the only interesting thing to check out and look and watch. Because what? Can the, you stop? Sorry, my, my my computer's freaking out. Can you stop? Nobody wants to listen to that. I, I um, just clicked it by accident. Did you happen to see what the Donald uh, wrote uh, about CNN? No, I didn't. What did he say? So I guess it was in his like uh, newsletter that his email list or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, it's he. The Donald says, "Congratulations to CNN Plus <laughs> on their decision to immediately fold for their lack of ratings or viewers in any way, shape, or form. It was like an empty desert out there. These, uh, despite hundreds of millions of dollars and the hiring of low-rated Chris Wallace, a man who tried so hard to be his father, Mike, but lacked the talent and whatever else is necessary to be a star." Dang, got him. Um, in any event, it's just one more piece of CNN and fake news that we don't uh, have to bother with anymore. Okay, <laughs> you're finished. Okay, you're done. You're done. You the fake to, news media. You're trying to hate on the you're Donald. Done. You're done. Look what happens when you cross you. the Donald. You cross the Donald, you get canceled. I made okay? you everything that you are, and then you crossed me. Yeah. Uh, I think it's hilarious that uh, CNN is, is going under. Because I don't... So, so after... 
uh, Jeff Zucker, I think, who was the the uh, the head maestro over there at Cena. Once he left, the, the the new people that came in thought, "Here, I've got a great idea to save this dying organization. We'll create a streaming service for shows that people don't already watch, and we'll charge them to watch what they already get for free. <laughs> what they already and they, don't and watch. And we have such tantalizing uh, hosts as Chris Wallace. Don't, who doesn't want to pay five, ten bucks a month for that? This is a great idea." Well, you know what? We're going to dump $200 million or whatever it was onto this. And you know what? If no one signs up, well, then you know what? Whatever. Because we're CNN. You can't you can't kill CNN. Well, Donnie just killed CNN. But I think it's hilarious that they thought that this would be a good idea. Because who wants to watch more content from Brian Seltzer? No one. No one, you no, know, something no funny. one watches this show anyway. Something funny that Reliable happened. sources. Come on. Give me a break. Look, so something, so something funny that happened was um, I, I was reading an article. It might have been from Zero Hedge or something where the, the official breaking news actually came from from Brian Stelter. He put it up on Twitter, and I thought it was a parody because I'm like – well, I, at first I thought, okay, if if Stelter is posting this, he knows that this is going to get absolutely destroyed on Twitter. I think he likes it though. I think he likes getting all the hate mail. I can't stand in the hate mail. <laughs> President Trump's dangerous rhetoric is destroying our country. Mark Dice does the best. Little Brian piggy. Stelter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a joke. Well, you know, Mark Dice's voice is a danger to, to democracy because he's attacking a journalist. That's right. He's atta- It's right. He's a fascist. Attacking a journalist, so that means that he... Criticizing journalism is, is anti-democratic, Jacob. It's very un- undemocratic to, to threaten journalists. <laughs> um... What was I going to say? Um, that they're failed? Yeah. I mean... Is anyone I, surprised? I mean, I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. I actually kind of... I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of happy because I I just don't see what the people who took over CNN saw in the fact that, hey, everyone else has got a streaming service. Let's do it too. And this was kind of coming on the... Uh, I guess not really on the heels, but it's kind of coming to the, the streaming service bubble kind of bursting because of Netflix basically cratering and then Disney's now cratering because of not necessarily the streaming but because of other things. Um, and it's largely probably because people are back to normal. They don't want to spend as, they don't need Netflix anymore. And really too, there's just nothing good on Netflix. I mean, when was the last time that you ever really found a good show or a good movie on Netflix? And a lot of the Netflix original movies and shows are kind of just blech. There's kind of just crap. A lot of them are crap. Like, I tried watching a couple of the Netflix original movies, and it's just the it, it's just boring. It's bland. There's just nothing there. But are, you, are you referring to? Like, like Netflix original movies. Oh. Like, I mean, I, I haven't seen. Okay, for instance, um, I can't remember the name of the movie. I think, it, I think it was a Stephen King adaptation of one of his stories. And it was okay, but it wasn't like, Bam! This is good, and you would think of the 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 premier entertainers of the world being Netflix and like I don't know like Disney or whatever. You think oh they have a great product or a great movie, but it it just was yeah it was just like one of those movies they release in the theaters and then just kind of forget about. Um, and what really once they took Star Trek off of Netflix and um, I had really no reason to ever go on there again. Are you referring to? Uh, the latest numbers that came out of uh, 
to Netflix that basically that what they had the, the the massive drop. In yeah, they lost subscribers. What, how many hundred, hundreds of thousands? Two hundred thousand subscribers dropped in the first quarter. Yeah, um, you know, does that have a? Is that a, a, a trend that is going with? Um, that's because that's, that's going to coincide with the. Uh, uh, CNN Plus being shut down. Um, I got to plead a little bit, a little bit of ignorance in this. I thought that CNN Plus was alive a lot longer than than what it was because I said, "Oh, you know, it's been out for six months. Oh, well, it had a, you know, it had a decent run, but it just didn't didn't succeed." But the fact that it was not even operating for less than a month, they 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 couldn't. You know, I didn't even. Um, to know it was a thing until I just happened to turn CNN on one day. I was just seeing what they were referring to. It might have been doing something with the Ukraine issue. And I saw an advertisement for it. And I was like, oh, yeah, who's going to actually, you know, like to, like to um, buy that? Who will actually go out and pay for that? And, and it wasn't until I saw a thing coming out that said, I think it was like two or two weeks ago, that said they only have 10,000 um, viewers daily viewers and I was like oh is that because it's just, it's just dropping down so much that the, they had an initial wave and then were, people realized there was no content so they stopped watching it no no that was like the peak <laughs> um, this wasn't a this wasn't a, a downturn of like the viewers. first week it was open or whatever yeah and I was just I was like wow this is, has to be one of the biggest failures in news you have this and you have the Gerardo Vera um, um, Al Capone vault and that's that's going to be the, the greatest news blunders of all time and you know, with the Netflix having their their giant uh, drop, is it people who watched the stock of Netflix drop down thirty percent or something, wiped out like ten billion dollars worth of um, to market value. So if you owned Netflix, I'm sorry, um, probably shouldn't be owning Netflix. I don't know, but not it's not financial advice. I I just personally is, would uh, not buy. Is Jim Cramer throwing chairs yet? Yeah, he's probably right after right right, right after he told you not to sell. Um, Baron Steele, he's going to tell you um, to, 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 to not sell Netflix, as he probably said um, in, before the earnings call for Netflix. But I think, I don't know if people say it's because of the pandemic the, coming to a close. Very, very possible that's going to be the cause of what happened with Netflix. Um, honestly, though, it's probably because um, there's just not a whole lot of anything well, some, worthwhile yeah. to watch. The last two things that I can honestly say that I watched on Netflix was Star Trek Next Generation when it was on there and Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. And that's been it. That's been it for probably a year or two. No, scratch that. Other than that, the last show that I watched on Netflix that I sat down and watched was Tiger King. Yeah. Other than that, I just have not given two craps about what's on Netflix. And... You know, people say, "Well, there's this murder mystery." I, I don't I really, don't I don't care I don't about care. those. You know, some people like those cool Godspeed to you, but I've never I just... understood why people liked those, uh, like the Making of a Murderer or the the crime, the murder crime shows. I've never understood those. It's just to find the end of it, I guess. I've never understood. But I think the last movie that I really watched, I think, was Braveheart, and I watched that like four or five months ago. And then I think I may have watched The Patriot. I was in a Mel Gibson mood. Uh, I just want to watch a good Mel Gibson movie. Yeah. Those are like two of his best. But anyway. But something that could be stemming from all from Netflix is um, I'm not sure when Disney's well, quarterly I, reports are coming out. But 
if Netflix is using is losing a bunch of subscribers, what is Disney going to see with theirs? Which is what I've I've always said about being careful about investing in Disney right now. Is not because of the other than the crap that's going on, which we'll talk about in a second. But the fact that I think that they have capped and they've saturated the um, subscribership for Disney Plus, and that makes I mean that's why I sold my shares six months ago. I you know I made my money and got out, and I'm glad I did because. You know, it has been uh, free falling. The, the stock has. I think a lot of people are pointing to the fact that um, there was a new show that Netflix is going to release about uh, men getting pregnant, and you know, it's, Disney uh... Disney coming out with you know they're going to be more LGBTQ content, and I think a lot of people are just rejecting the woke uh, uh, content coming from these uh, streaming services, which. That very well could be a part of it too, or it could, you know, it could be a, uh, it could be um, uh, what, what's the phrase I always like to use? Um, not a plurality, but a, uh, I forget what the phrase I like to use. And I, 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 don't, I don't think it's that people. I, I think the general public people have this idea that that they hate, um, that that they hate these groups of people out there, and they don't want to see that in the content. I, I, I'd actually disagree. I think that there's a lot of good films that have came out that have these sort of um, diverse um, lifestyles whatever, whatever whatever you want to call it but they but they've been in the they've been in compelling films with compelling writing and acting and that's all people want like it, if you had a, a a woke narrative let's just say but the film was really really good and the fact that it had a more progressive um, tone or narrative to it. I, th- I think that people honestly wouldn't care. I think because it's a compelling film and that the, the fact that, hey, let's make a good film first and then have whatever um, story behind it that's that's secondary and that that that's it's solely purpose to make a good film. I think that people honestly wouldn't care. I think a perfect example of that is the episode of Seinfeld. When they were talking about homosexuality, yeah, I, and they, I think that people just they made they made the whole situation funny. Whereas now everything that Netflix or that Disney w- would want to do is just so preachy. Yeah, I, it's I think, so condescending, and people are just tired of being conde- being preached to about how awful and terrible they are. Yeah, I think that people just if you made a compelling story and you made a good, well-crafted with, with with great characters and good acting and writing or and cinematography. If you made a compelling um, piece of art, I don't think people honestly would, would care if a character has this sort of lifestyle. I'm talking about the, the general public. Um, and that the sole purpose of that art was to not preach to somebody. Because um, like, I think there's there's many... Many films that are that are highly regarded that have progressive themes in them, uh, but they're not. They don't get lumped into to woke films uh, because that's not the intent of it. But something that happened with uh, Disney here recently was, well, the DeSantis did it. He uh, he signed into law which will abolish the uh, self governing status for Walt Disney World in Orlando. Which I'm gonna try to explain this as best as possible. For some people, don't even know the situation there. So whenever Walt, <clears throat> whenever the Walt Disney Company was building Disney World, they at the time there was not 
much development in the central Florida area, and there wasn't the infrastructure to sort of uh, construct this this uh, land, the, the entire Disney World uh, resort. There was just not the resource. There was not the infrastructure to construct all of this. So because in the what the mid '60s, late '60s, it was basically just swamp. Yeah, it was all swampland. So Central Florida, Osceola County, Orange County didn't have the necessary infrastructure to do this. So there was a deal that was constructed uh, called the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which basically gave this gave Walt Walt Disney World and the Disney and the Walt Disney Company. Um, to governing powers of their own land. So they would be responsible. So basically the deal was, hey, you can bypass certain taxes um, if you basically fund all this yourself. If you fund your own roads, you fund your own um, utilities, your own fire, your own water, your own energy, your own um, police, uh, you can be taxed. You can have certain tax benefits if you promise to this because the state of Florida didn't have uh, the ability to to basically build this back in the 60s so it was a pretty sweet deal for both sides state of florida gets massive tourism and revenue through um, other means of taxation that's why that's why florida has so many toll roads is because people drive down to vacation in central florida and disney has basically the ability to do whatever the heck they want down there um, but uh, other uh, companies who have set up shop there in Central Florida, such as um, Legoland, uh, Universal, SeaWorld, sea Bush Gardens, don't really have that same uh, sort of uh, uh, gift, if, if you will. They don't have that same sweet little deal. And this has basically allowed Disney to do whatever the heck they want. They uh, they're, they're they're still in the state of Florida, but but Reedy Creek is its own municipality. It's its own government uh, per, per se. And whenever they want to get building permits, whenever they want to build, basically they self-approve it. They send it to Reedy Creek, which is owned by them, and they get they can do whatever they want. They can build whatever they want. They can expand. They can do whatever the heck they want. Um, this is different than let's say Universal. If, if if Universal wants to build a roller coaster, they have to go to I think I think they're in Orange County. Universal's in. They have to go to the Orange County. Um, board and get it approved and get permits and all that kind of stuff. Well, Disney doesn't, Disney doesn't have to do that. Uh, so ever since Disney put their nose into what happened with the parental rights uh, bill that went through the um, went through this, the state and went through Congress and eventually was passed, uh, Bob Chapek and the uh, leadership at Disney uh, came out and said that they're going to do everything in their power to um, to to uh, strike this down the courts and to get it um, so repealed. So you know, for a company to do that, that's pretty strong. Uh, that's pretty bold, especially for a company that has as much say, as much sway as you know, the Walt, Walt, the Disney company does culturally. Um, culturally, to do that, I mean, it, Apple. I'm gonna use an example here. It'd, it'd be like if Apple came out and said, "Hey, we're gonna go to the federal government and basically say, hey, we're gonna strike down,' or, or California, right? Because they're based in Cupertino, California." They went to the the, um, the California government and said, "Hey, we're gonna do everything in our power to strike down this this bill and this legislation. We're gonna fund to hap- this happen." It's kind of um, throwing throwing the first punch there. Well, I mean, it's like Tim Apple going up to Gavin Newsom and saying, "Here's how we're, here's how here's how it's going to be." Yeah, here's, here's, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's very similar. So, and to be fair, this is against a bill which is saying that you can't talk about. Um, sex or gender to um, anyone under the age of anyone nine. under yeah under nine under the, the third grade, 
Um, I don't know why in the world you would need to be talking about that with somebody. Um, you know, there was people. Well, okay, so no, teachers can still talk about that, but it cannot. I don't think, for understanding, can't be in the curriculum. They cannot have classroom discussions. But if a teacher, you know, on the playground want to talk about, it, they can. So it's just I, I in guess, the classroom. But I guess there's there was these horror examples of you know let's just say that there was a gay teacher and am I allowed to mention my my husband or my or or, or my my wife? Why is that even? And, and I don't think. I don't think that's what the bill is talking about. I don't think they're not saying, "Hey, if you're gay, you can't mention your uh, your it husband." Is. It's like if if a kid asked you, "Oh, what'd you do this weekend?" Oh, well, me and my oh, I can't say. no. But that that's, it's clearly not what this is talking well, about. Why it's, do we? Why do you even want to talk to third graders about what you did on the weekend with your well, significant? Why is that even a topic as, discussion? As if a third grader is going to have a compelling conversation with you about what you did on the weekend. Hey, Tim, we. Timmy, what'd you do in the weekend? Um, I, I watched Fortnite videos and I listened. And I had soccer practice. And I had soccer. Yeah, like w- you're not gonna have any intelligent conversation with a with a first grader about what you did over the weekend. So I don't know why this is even a topic. But you know, Disney uh, being the complete being run by complete morons as they are, um, decided to in- interject themselves into this. And uh, to basically kick the bee's nest, and well, now it's now it, it is it's coming back to haunt them. So uh, the uh, Senate and the House passed a bill that would um, dissolve the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which would mean that Flor- the Orange County and Osceola County are going to absorb Reedy Creek, which means that they're just going to be part of Orange and Osceola County now. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. They're going to have to do a lot of uh, legal work to 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 finalize all of this. I don't think it goes into effect till next year. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. not an immediate thing, it's, so it's, it's going to take some time. Have to go through <laughs> figure stuff out. Well, because it's like so Disney right now provides for its own fire, its own water, roads. energy. Yeah, so what's going to happen is that Sanitation. they're going to have to work with the the surrounding counties to basically take up the slack for that. Well, I wonder if if the existing uh, services that they have will just be reabsorbed into the respective counties and things will just work as normal. It'll work as normal. You'll just report just to different somebody name. different. Yeah. Um, this is, this, this is very, very bad for, for Disney. Now as some people are saying, Oh, well, this is the end of the company. No, it's not. The company will still exist. There, there will still be Walt Disney world to go to. Um, it just might affect what they can do in the future and what the company is able to, uh, to do. And you know, there is something funny about how about how um why is there a company that's allowed to have essentially their own uh, their own city and they're going to be promoting whatever woke crap they're going to be promoting they should be on the same playing field as universal and everybody else um people on the left were freaking out about this saying had that uh you know conservatives and the, the right hate hate cancel culture and they hate um but yet yeah, they're trying to cancel Disney. I don't remember this bill trying to cancel. No one's putting Disney. On Ron DeSantis is not dumb and to say, "Hey, we want to shut Disney down." Uh, no, he understands that they that Disney brings in a lot of revenue for his uh, for his state, and um, this is actually going to raise the taxes on Disney overall. So I thought you guys were for more taxes. Wouldn't the left normally, if this had nothing to do with this bill? The left would normally be all for this because it means more tax revenue for the state. It's putting the a state. big corporation in check. Yes. So you guys are not consistent on this whole 
this whole holding the, you know, I have not seen one Robert Reich tweet about how much more this will bring into the state of Florida as far as taxes, but uh, besides me. Well, it's amazing how the sides have changed because suddenly the progressives suddenly care about, you know, giving corporations low taxes and very favorable regulation policies. Suddenly they care all about that, and then the right is like, well, hey, this corporation's acting out of control. We need to step in here and, and put them in line, so to speak. It's amazing how, how the sides have changed. And I hear uh, – at first, I didn't know if I was okay with this because I took the autistic libertarian uh, position of, well, you know, this – this the Reed Creek uh, Betterment Act, whatever it's called. Improvement District. Uh, same thing. Um, it gave Disney very favorable tax situation. It gave them very favorable – uh, regulations uh, situation where they weren't being actively burdened upon by the state of, of Florida and their surrounding counties uh, of intervening with through taxes, regulation, whatever. And I thought, oh, this is a good thing. I really wish that we had more of these kinds of uh, like companies or local mis- municipalities who are, that are owned by private citizens versus the counties or the state. I think it's a great idea. The difference is, though, is that only Disney gets the special status. Yeah, no one else could get it. Like if, if a if a Universal, SeaWorld, they all had it. Okay, sure, I think that'd it's be fine. But that puts all these other uh, entertainment giants, if you will, um, at a disadvantage, and that's not fair. That's not free market. That's not capitalism. That's that's uh, like we you could call corporatism, mercantilism, fascism, whatever whatever you whatever ism you want to throw at it. It's fine. And it, I kind of thought, okay, at first I thought, okay, well, hey, you know, this, where does this line up with what, with what I think about economics and, per, and property rights and freedom and everything? And then I see a lot of people on the right saying, you know, we can't allow this because this is government getting involved. And um, some conservatives saying, well, it's time for us to stick it to Disney. I thought, okay, I don't know if I agree with that either. Um, but then I came across this article from the Mises Institute. <laughs> And it sealed the deal for me. Um, it's called Disney's Corporate Welfare is, is Modern Mercantilism. It's written by Ryan McMakin. And uh, he's got a lot of great points in this. And um, I just want to read one little piece from it. Uh, it he says, ultimately, the Florida-Disney relationship has nothing to do with efficiency or private property. And absolutely, not, and absolutely no one at the state capitol has ever regarded the Disney model as a model to be made absolutely to do business uh, available to business owners in general. The real core of Disney's uh, arrangement is one in which powerful corporation and the state engage in a mutually beneficial political relationship. It's an old model. The, the kings of old also granted special monopolies and favors of special interests to orders to solidify what uh, today we call public-private partnerships. These arrangements help to win over key allies for re- the regime among the wealthy elites. That's all that the situation with Disney and uh, Florida has been. It's that, you know, because Disney and the Reedy Creek Improvement Act basically gave uh, an okay for Disney to give great uh, gifts and special status and special uh, things to all these politicians in order for them to, to maintain their uh, uh, their not establishment, but their special status in the state. And so a lot of people say, hey, that's that's not okay. That's that's like, like Disney would give legit bribes to state representatives, state senators, in order for them to maintain the status quo. That's not okay. 
That's there's nothing about that that's free market capitalism. There's nothing about that that's okay as far as what uh, what I guess Austrian libertarians would would prefer. Nothing about that is right. Um, and well, I'll definitely link to the article because there's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, and basically, you know, he gives one example of how Reedy Creek controls its own zoning and building codes. Uh, is the most important advantage Disney has among tourist destinations in Central Florida. Take Universal Studios Florida, for example. Uh, planning uh, for UFs, USF began in the early 80s, but it wasn't um, until but it wasn't until around 1986 that the plans were for the park were officially announced. In what must have been remarkable coincidence, Disney announced plans for their own movie-themed park in 1987. Despite Universal having sizable head start on Disney, Disney MGM Studios, or Hollywood Studios, opened in 1989. Universal Florida didn't open its doors until 1990. So the theory, the, the, the thing goes is that anytime Universal or SeaWorld or whatever decided to do something, well, for them to get the permits approved and get the zoning approved, they have to go through the respective local counties which might take months, it might take years. Well, if Disney wants to do something, it probably happened in a day. So it, it enables them to move so much more quickly and unfairly because of their special situation they have with the state. So that's actually a good thing. Disney having the status removed and stripped away from it is a good thing because it's going gonna, it's gonna to have real competition in this area. And I, in, the, uh, in the Zero Hedge article that there's about like $1.2 or $2 billion of Disney debt that will be I guess absorbed by the the respective local counties surrounding Disney. So I don't know. So it's just going to be some good and bad, but I think overall it's going to be really really good for the state of Florida because you know for once the Universal might actually get a, a fair break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you know Universal is it's not as good as Disney and I, I, that's I don't know if it's because of their special stat because of Disney's special status. But you can definitely tell that there's major differences in the two. Yeah. You know, um, it's definitely not a secret that I am a Disney um, buff. I'm a Disney fan. It has a special place in my You're heart. You're a fanatic. I have a, uh, I have a figment popcorn bucket on my desk. Um, if, those don't, if you don't know what that is, just Google it and you can see the, the insanity of uh, how much those are actually going for right now, but I, I'm a Disney fan. I have a special place in my heart. I'm an annual. I'm, I'm an AP holder. So you're, you're one of the yearly people. Yes, I'm one of the yearly people. Um, so you know, I, there people would say, "Oh, Jacob, you're biased. You can't. You can't have an accurate opinion about Disney." Uh, well, here you go. I think that this is actually a fantastic thing for Disney. Um, and even though I don't have a, a vested interest in Disney right now. Um, and you know, I don't know if I will um, eventually buy more Disney stock. I don't see the appeal of the company right now buying it. But you know, whenever I see things like we have board members and major shareholders calling for a- extreme leadership change, are they right now? Yes, they. They're are they going to bring back Bob Iger? They're, they want Bob Iger. There's major shareholders they and the other board members that want Bob Iger to come out of retirement to bring the company back. Um, you know, I think that the more the state of Florida hits back, it's only going to improve them. And, you know, um, there's people that have said that, that, you know, Disney should be allowed to fail. And honestly, as much as I, as I love going to the parks, as much as I love, um, 
you know, I'm not really a movie guy. The Disney films don't do hardly anything for me. Like there's a couple that I like, um, but I'm more of the I'm more of a fan of the man Walt Disney. I'm more of a fan of what he of what he's done um, as far as building building lands and trying to entertain people. I think honestly. Uh, making people happy is one of the greatest things that you can do as a human being, and I think that Walt was one of the best embodiments of that in America. The, the original idea for um, what's Magic Kingdom, I believe, was to be a repository of American values. Yes, it was supposed to be. Uh, um, you know, as you've been on on the Carousel of Progress, there was no one more American than Walt Disney. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that I still believe that. M- Making people happy and laugh is one of the greatest things that you can do for humanity, and Walt was the embodiment of that with everything that he did. Adults and kids. Yeah, it was to make people happy. So as much as I love the park, as much as I love uh, the, uh, the the legacy of him, you know, if that means that Disney has to be taken down a few pegs in order to save all that, um, all for the better. Um, if that means that Disney's not able to expand, if they're not able to... To do that, maybe if Disney Plus fails, you know, I don't know if that ever will or not, uh, I, I think this is all for the better. And I think, honestly, that we are seeing a massive call for the change of leadership, and I think that they have taken such a strong, unpopular stance, like universally unpopular stances in the past few months, that we're going to see radical changes in the company. I, I, just, I don't think there's anybody out there that is asking for what they're, what they're doing. You know, maybe there's a small ten. Maybe there's five people out there that are like, "Oh yeah, you know, I want to see all this wokeness in there." You know, nobody is going to go out and buy this. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to see that in their media. And I think that people are honestly, slowly but surely, going to going going to going to come away from this and seeing that the DeSantis in the state of Florida are not just going to back down on this. uh, You know, so kudos. I mean, like, so kudos to them for not doing that, um, for not for not backing down and staying strong, um, and you know, for a bill that I think is 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 you know, is I don't see there's there should be no controversy in this. The only reason there's controversy is because they made it controversy. If you notice, you know, I don't know the they're on the, on the values of SeaWorld or Universal, but I'm pretty sure that they're they're pretty they're, they're pretty friendly to the LGBT. Uh, community, pretty sure that they're pretty friendly. To they're them. not anti. They're not anti. Yeah. Notice how they smartly kept their mouth shut on all this. They didn't open their mouth. Universal didn't come out and say, "Hey, we're gonna repeal this bill and do everything about it." It, it maybe because Universal right now is it's so much of a better run company and park than Disney is that they knew at least at the not to open up their mouth. Yeah, they at least knew at the better. Top. They knew better not to open their mouth and say something stupid. Whereas, because we have morons leading Disney right now, and Bob Chapek and everybody else of the, of the bunch, that they felt the need to to get involved in the in the culture war. And you know what? They quickly found out. They quickly found out that when you go against the state, they're gonna crush you. When you go against the government, they're gonna crush you. Well, see, I never liked Bob Chapek because I always saw him as kind of squishy because. Uh, they got they got caught trying to play both sides and play dumb. Yes. Originally, the the the, the Disney folk uh, were supporting the lawmakers who were writing this bill. Originally, until they got found out, they, then they played dumb, and then they tried to switch 180 degrees to the other side and say, "Oh, well, we're going to be 
even more for the woke stuff. Mm -hmm. So what Bob Chapek should have done at the beginning is, you know what? Okay, well, we may not agree with some of the stuff that's in this bill. Fine. Whatever. But as a company... We don't. We're, we're not school teachers. We don't run schools. We're an entertainment company. Our business is to entertain people and make lots of money while doing it. That's yeah. what we do. Because you know what? That's what Universal does. That's what Bush Garden, Sea World, Legoland. That's what they all do. So I, I never understood why Bob Chapek. Well, I I know why he did because he's a spineless coward. He's a moron. That's what he is. And he and he he won't. It's impossible for anyone in the, in the corporate world to take a firm stand on anything, especially when they're. <clears throat> when they're faced with the the roaming mobs of five blue-haired freaks at the gates, yeah. Um, but you know, the, the, but again, though, I, I, I'm not surprised that a spineless coward does something that's spineless and cowardly. I, I'm not surprised by that, and you can't be, because that's what, because that's what that's what they do. But. Yeah. So something else that happening over the weekend that or over the week that we want to talk about was we we mentioned on, on Monday's show. That uh, the uh, there was a there was a judge in the great city of Tampa, which we just came from, whoop whoop Tampa, um, mm-hmm. and they struck down the mask requirement on TSA flights and on and on uh, trans- transportation across state lines, planes, trains, and automobiles. Right, and you know, for a lot of people, that was it. The fact that um, all the all the major airlines immediately dropped the masks. And you had Disney drop the masks Did completely. They officially? Yep. Disney dropped Good. the mask as soon as the as soon as the airlines. So, you know, people were like, "Hey, this is back to normal now." Um, even even much so that this is something small. But today I was logging on to the New York Times app because every now and then, because usually every day I just kind of scroll through the New York Times to see what's what. what so what are the headlines? What are they talking about? What's happening? Um. And for those that have the New York Times app, here, I'll pull my phone out so I can show you, Joe. But the New York Times app, how it's structured is you have the Today page is basically just whatever the headlines are. You have the For You page, which is whatever head, whatever topics that you want to talk about. And then you have the Sections page, which is basically just all of the major sections of the, of the paper. But for the longest time, there was a forced little... Um, group at the bottom for COVID-19 where you could click on it and it would bring you up to all of the latest information, the latest cases, vaccination rates, um, all of the sorts. You could bring all that up. But today I go to log on and I'm like, where's the COVID-19? There's no COVID-19. There's no way to check the COVID-19 cases easily on the New York Times app. And then if I go to the sections page, there is no COVID-19 section anywhere on the hmm. New York Times app. So then I'm like, huh, interesting. So then I go to the New York Times website, right, which usually used to have right underneath it had world, U.S. politics, and it had COVID-19 up here. It's gone. There is no easy access to find COVID-19 cases and data. I'm like, interesting. The New York Times, which had this running ticker, we could constantly be checking. Let's see the Wall Street Journal, just for case in point. Let's see the Wall Street Journal took it down. Erased from existence. Erased from existence. And then I'm like, oh, maybe this is a sign that, hey, we're kind of moving past all this. 
Because cases have been so low. Yeah, Wall Street Journal gone. Hmm. There's, there's there's no easy because a lot of the, a lot of the major papers had an easy button to click on for. Well, Jeff Bezos was tired of seeing it, so that's why he got rid of it. So, so I'm like, hey, maybe we're, maybe if if the New York Times is dropping the running ticker, they're probably saying something about the overall outlook of what's going on. But then, our president had to open his mouth and say that we're going to challenge us in the courts. He. It, is this is what I understand. <laughs> it seems like they that the Biden administration is trying to do everything they can to, to ensure <laughs> that they will lose in November. Because I don't understand why we get bogged down in court for weeks. What, what would be weeks? Just to reinstate a two-week mask mandate? <laughs> like, okay, so you spent a month trying to get this reinstated for two weeks? That makes no sense. I, I I can't believe it. I, I was speechless to see because I was listening to Matt Walsh and he said that, hey, this might be the opportunity f- that they were looking for, right? Unpopular mask mandate that nobody uh, that nobody likes except for five people on Twitter uh, who, who voiced opposition to it when it got taken away. And they had it had it um, revoked. They didn't they didn't take the mask mandate away. It was taken away from them. So all I could do is say, oh, well, this is a racist Nazi judge and this is terrible and we can move on with our Trump lives. Trump appointed. Right. Because if because if Biden takes the mask mandate away, then they can say, oh, well, everyone that died, therefore, you know, or, or cases started to climb again. Oh, it's your fault for taking the mask. It's Trump's fault because she was a Trump appointed judge. Yeah, exactly. But but no, he's like, oh, we're going to fight. We're going to fight this in the courts and we're going to appeal this. And I'm like, why? I'm like, who was who was wanting this? Who the New York Times doesn't care about COVID anymore. If they still did, they would still want you to be checking that live ticker for COVID cases. And the fact that we still have COVID cases just absolutely not going anywhere. You know, I, I just don't know who is wanting this. Who who is still asking? For this to be, for this to happen, I, 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 I'm mind boggled. I, I, but then again, you know, we are, we are governed by a senile old man, so it, nothing well, surprises me at this my, point. My theory was, okay, so he's going to take uh, a victory lap over COVID. He's going to claim victory. That I, I thought this is the perfect opportunity. The mask may, mandate gets struck down. The way to get that buried in the news is for Biden to come out a rose garden speech. And say, you know what? We've conquered COVID. We've we've reached the level of vaccination status that we need. The the cases are very low. Yes, there's some spikes here and there, but as Fauci said, we have to learn to live with this thing. That's right. COVID is done. Take a victory lap. Everyone would applaud him for that. Everyone. I would. COVID's done. We're done with this nonsense. But instead, he wants to pretend like it's 2020 all over again. March of 2020. Give me. Get, come on, man. Give me a break. Come on, man. Yeah, you know what it is. He thinks COVID is corn pop. <laughs> COVID, ooh, <laughs> one bad dude. COVID is corn pop. That'd be it'd be a pretty interesting little plot twist there. Yeah, I was surprised. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that he was going to. And so let's just say hypothetically, because we're we are we are running close on time. Hypothetically speaking, if they were to reinstate, let's find some 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 quack judge that would reinstate the mask mandate. Do you think all all these airlines are just gonna just gonna revert back. revert revert back? The fact that they so quickly eliminated it showed that they weren't doing this based on the health and safety, the quote-unquote health and safety, or quote-unquote following the science. They were doing it because they were forced to do it by, by the federal government. 
That's all it meant. Same thing with Disney. The, 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 this, this. Oh, we're doing this to protect the health and safety of our guests. No, you weren't. Oh, because if you still were doing that, you would still have the mask mandate in place if you truly believed that the masks were helping people stop spreading the virus. If you believed that, you never would have taken the mask mandate away. You only took it away because the government said you could take it away. So all these well, co- they they gave them the the green light. Yeah, no, no. all these people said what what what, the, what this judge said is that we're not going to come after you for not requiring it. And as soon as they did that, they took it away, which showed that this never was about safety. It never was about following the science. It was all about because coercion from the government. That's all it was about. Because if they still they still believed that it's the right thing to do, they would never have stopped. Period. It's like all the people who say, "I'm still gonna wear my mask." Fine, go for it. I I don't care. I you know I feel like I've seen more masks here recently in uh in when I go out to Walmart whatever than I have in a while. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm I went to a Walmart in a different county, but I just feel like the people that are still wearing them will always be wearing them. I, I, I firmly believe the people who were wearing them now in 2025 they'll still be wearing the masks. Firmly believe that. Um, got one last big thing to talk about. Um, it's kind of a follow-up. Uh, the fact that Elon Musk has secured the funding to do a complete cash purchase of Twitter. The monies. I know of it's a good a total of $46.5 billion. I do know that he was looking at a couple firms to help him, wasn't it? Um, what bank did he go to? He went to, he went Morgan to Stanley. Morgan Stanley was one of the investment banks that were going to help him fund it. Um, I didn't think that he was actually going Serious. to going to front all of his own personal cash. I know that you know getting financing through Morgan Stanley, he probably got a pretty cheap rate on, on a loan, uh, just because of of who he is, of who he is, and the amount of assets that he had. I don't know what interest rate he got the funding at, but I imagine that uh, Morgan Stanley uh, was going to fund him uh, this money. But, you know, the money's all there. He has the funding secured. So basically, as soon as Twitter, if they decide to pull the trigger, it's ready. He's put the money on the table, basically, is what this is meaning. Uh, he has, given the lack of response, this you is know, coming from you know, Tim. You know what he should do? What? He should get it all in cash, like $100 bills, on, oh on pallets. And, and drive it over. And drive it over in a Tesla semi. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, this is coming from uh, um, Tim Cast. It says, given the lack of response by Twitter, the reporting person is exploring whether to commence a tendered offer to acquire all outstanding shares of common stock. The filing says, this is the filing that uh, Elon Musk basically said that he has secured the funding and is no longer awaiting his, do his due diligence. He's just getting the money, just getting it ready, uh, basically to say that we're going to take over the platform. Um, whether it be through a peaceful or a hostile takeover, he's going to. Uh, this is going to happen basically one way or another. The, the, the chances of him not buying Twitter now are, are beginning to slowly diminish well, given, by, by the passing days. Given that he owns more shares currently than the entire executive board of Twitter, and how they are they are not acting, the board is not acting in the best interests of the shareholders. I don't understand how how they can say no. Yeah, I mean they're they're saying no because they know what he's gonna do. What he's gonna do with the company, and they know that they're not gonna stick to whatever values they had. Uh, but the fact that he did that he did of secure no funding, um, you don't you don't secure funding for something if you're not gonna actually do it, because um, that's just the amount of work you got to go through to to 
to I mean you're, we're talking we're talking billions of dollars to get from a, an investment bank like Morgan Stanley. Uh, you're not going to do that just to bluff, basically. Um, this is it's it's going to happen at some point. That if it doesn't happen, I'd be shocked if he does not actually pull through and actually own Twitter by the end of um, I would say by the end of the year or sooner that he doesn't have a full ownership unless Twitter just hail Mary's you know fourth down and a hundred to go. I, I don't know how this does not end up happening. Because I bet because Trump talked about this one time when he was in real estate or I guess he still is, but. Um, he he had personal relationships with the guys that ran these large investment firms that he could call up the CEO on the phone and say, hey, I need X amount of hundred millions of dollars for this project. And the, the CEO would say, fine, you're the Donald, no problem. Mm-hmm. We'll send the papers over to your office. We'll get it done. It's the same thing with Elon Musk. He knows these people by name. He can call up the front office and say, can I speak to so-and-so? Sure. You want the money? Fine. Here's the money. We'll send the papers to your office. Because it's not like they have to vet him. No. Because they, they've they probably done dealings with him. They have his information on the books. They have whatever liabilities. They know he's a good – uh, he's got good assets. They have his assets. They have his liabilities. They, they know what his net worth is. So it's just a matter of just, here, we'll send the papers. Just sign and send them or fax them back or whatever. Yeah. Um, that that's all that's all that it really is. Um, again, you don't you don't go and get funding from Morgan Stanley if you're not actually serious about doing it, or you're not serious about doing it. Yeah, um, this is not just bluff. This is not him just to uh, just to troll. Uh, Twitter this is him to actually go out and 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 make this happen. So I'm I'm good. I'm glad to see it. Um, I will, you know, I've been I've been more active on Twitter. I haven't been tweeting because uh, frankly I don't have I don't, I don't have much to say. On Twitter, but you know, I've been checking it more and more, just every every just like once like once 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 or twice a day, just to kind of see what's going on, especially with what Elon's writing, because what whatever he tweets now is going it's gold. It, it is getting you know in the hundreds of thousands, three hundred thousand something likes, and um, uh, he is uh, this is it's big, it's big, and it's looking like something something you, something. You can even say it's huge. It's huge. Something huge is going to happen here. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. And I think that um, I think it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. Hopefully hopefully, it happens sooner than later so I can welcome our new overlord, Elon Musk. Um, I will just uh, – I'll tweet a crown to him. <laughs> I know that uh, Tim Poole tweeted him and said, hey, hey come on the show. Oh, that'd be awesome. You know, if he if if Elon Musk goes on he'd to crash YouTube, he crash crash YouTube. Or of course they 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 would they even allow it to go on. I don't know if they would do that because if they if they uh, if they take Tim off the the internet because Elon's on there, then then everybody knows that this is outright censorship. Yeah, I mean, if, if Elon Musk goes on to, uh, I mean, it'd be stupid not to because whenever Elon Musk goes on to any podcast it's it goes super viral look at the joe rogan um experience or when he goes on the onto lex friedman's podcast it just it goes huge i saw one of the funniest videos of the way the troops respond to elon versus biden and uh they were just introducing elon and the troops i don't remember where they were at but they were just going crazy standing cheering just going crazy and then they cut to the scene of joe biden eating the pizza with the guys (laughs) in poland that's great 
so great. <laughs> oh, it's it's a lot. Love it's it. awesome. All right. Well, I had one last thing I kind of wanted to talk about. One of to mention, and this is sort of a question. This is, this is an extension of a question. We have we have we have enough time to talk about this. Um, extension of a question. So. Um, those of you who have been listening to the show recently know that I have an album of the year account and I promote that every time because I, I really think that it's something, an album of the year account. That's my music review, uh, platform that I have Okay. where I talk about, talk, I talk about music, you know, on my, on my Liberty Overdrive Substack, I do talk about music. I do album, um, reviews and look-ins at certain vinyl records that I have. And I want to get back to doing that, uh, here soon in the next couple of weeks finals week of school makes everything fun and complicated so i haven't been able to sort of dive dive into a vinyl record and really um share my thoughts and my passions about it so but there was an interesting thing that that i i watched today and if if you're not subscribed to rick to rick beato you know what are you doing with your life especially if you like music if you love music um and if if you don't love music i think that rick beato is one of those guys that'll get you to really like music um because he comes from a a producer side where you know this guy is a jazz head he 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 loves progressive music loves loves hard rock loves heavy metal steely dan but at the same time he can listen to a top 40 pop song and point out what makes this song interesting and good and why people like it um and then of course pull out trash music and say well this is complete <laughs> garbage because x y and z um you know i think that he's one of the uh, one of the people that fall into sort of that there's like this field on YouTube of like the metal hard rock community um, that only listen to a certain genre is going to hate everything else. Right. If, if it's pop, it's instantly bad. Um, whereas I don't think he sort of, I think he's pretty much fair onto that side that if it's a good, well-crafted song, even if he won't personally like it, he'll give praise to it. Uh, but he, he, he raised an interesting question. Something, something that I've actually asked myself a lot um, it's it, the video is called "Why Gen Z Doesn't Care About Music," and um, I'm not gonna play the video for it for you. But basically, he goes in to say that um, he asks a question to, to, his, to his viewers that uh, does do you have you noticed that uh, Gen Z and this up and coming generation, so like the 20s and, and younger,s just don't care about music, don't don't have a passion for music, whereas um, the passion has switched to video games. He gives the example of of, of like of like um, um, so video games. How people, how teenagers, teenage guys, teenage girls, will watch a guy play a, a video game for six hours straight. Um, not even play the game, just watch but watch play. somebody play the game for six hours straight, and then be on Discord talking to their friends while watching somebody stream uh, video games. N- yeah, look. Look, nothing wrong with streaming video games. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's completely fair um, to do that. But uh, and and not to say that necessarily a bad thing in itself to watch or play video games for for that period of time. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, but how uh, Rick talked about in in his childhood and honestly largely my childhood too, um, that people would just listen to music. Um, that's typically how we would hang out with friends. You know, back in his time. Uh, you would hang out with friends. You would go and um, go to the go to your go to your your uh, turntable, and you'd put a record on, and then you would talk about the record, and you would listen to it while you talked to friends and whatever. Um, and that's especially like Asia by Steely Dan. Asia by Steely Dan, or the band Asia. Asia. No. A J A. The band Asia. No, not not that not heat that, of the moment. N- not that new wave techno babble. No, that's that's good music. Oh, Shut whatever. up. Um, but that, that things have just changed. 
And, you know, I can say that it made me think about there's a time where uh, back in my old job, um, I was kind of the boomer of the group, even though I am uh, 25 years old. You're um, the boomer. Yeah, people people, people looked to me like I was the boomer, right? Uh, because, if anyone's you know, a boomer, it's me, Jake. Because, you know, I listened to a lot of music. I'm very... I like um, I like I like art. I like you know I like my my certain um, coffees. I like I like I like reading newspapers. I like to do you know all the things that uh, typically p- kids of my age and Don't younger do. Uh, have have no desire to do. Uh, the fact that I can talk about a uh, a piece of music for hours on end. The fact that this very podcast we did an hour and a half for two hour two podcast. Hours just about one band just about 50 songs of just one band and i could probably do an hour episode on prince i could do an episode on david bowie i could do it on all kinds of bands and artists i could just go on and on and on about about their about their music whereas i think that there's just not that passion that comes from uh, this next generation and i can relate to that i can i can there was a time where i was working at my previous job and uh, typically my cl- my coworkers were about the 15 to 19 um, age group. And, you know, I would try to relate to them. I'd try to talk to them and say, hey, what are you guys really interested into? And, you know, you know, I'd be like, you guys, you guys play any music? You, you guys play any instruments? Well, no, not really. Okay, music's not – playing instruments is not for everybody. Okay. Do you guys listen to music? And they're like, eh, not not really. What do, you, what, do you, what do you guys listen to? And of course, it's you know whatever the mainstream whatever hip-hop. whatever mainstream trap that's out there. Not even like hip hop. Not even which you know hip hop is a fine genre, fine whatever. Um, but nothing really eclectic. Nothing really um, deep down. Like it was just rap. That was it. I'm like oh, okay, that's fine. But it wasn't really anything um, of of substance. I'm like okay. Do you guys, you know, watch any sports? Do you guys, you guys watch college football? Do you guys watch baseball? You know, hockey, basketball, football? No, not really. I'm like, I'm like, what? What teenage guy does not watch at least college football at the very least? Or basketball? Like, look, I'm not the biggest college football fan, but I, like, I don't even like football. But you know, that's pretty popular. And then, or basketball. And then I'm like, well, what do you guys really do? And you know, they're like, hey, you know, we watch YouTube. We, you know, go on TikTok. We. You know, play video games, and I'm like, really? Is that is that what is that what kids do nowadays? They don't like, you know, put an album on just and just listen to an album all the way through. They don't, you know, um, go learn an instrument. They don't. Um, and look, not saying that learning an instrument's the end all be all. It's not. But you know, you guys don't play sports. You guys don't watch the game every night. No, not really. We just kind of, you know, go on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm like, really? Is that is that really? I, I can't I can't relate to that. I'm not saying that because. I don't have social media anymore because because but back then I did, you know, and I was on look any time on social media, in my opinion, is is almost time too many. Um, I think that if you use social media in the context of like the way you use the New York Times or the Washington Post or a paper to go read for a little bit, then then then, then a get off. Fine. I think it's a perfectly applicable use for for social media that's, that's that's honestly how i use twitter now is i use it sort of like reading reading the news you go on there okay that was interesting and then you go on with your life um i mean you can only stare at a dumpster fire for so long well, well yeah but you know even back when i was on social media like i i didn't use it in that, that way but i mean these people will just sit there and scroll through tiktok for five or six hours straight and i just can't i can't relate 
you know, I mean, most most nights now when I'm not doing school are spent with, you know, there's a new album that came out or there's an album I have not heard before. Let's listen to this. Will I like this? Probably not, but let's listen to it. Let's see. Maybe I might like it. The worst case scenario. And then I'll watch whatever game's on. You know, I will sometimes come around and I'll put a record on. I'll say, hey, let's just scroll through the records and let's see. Oh, this is a... Uh, Blue Lighting Ying Bang Malmsteen. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I'll pull... I'll say, here, here, here's a Hollow Notes record. I'll, I'll, I'll put this on. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't love every track on this, but I'm going to listen to it. I don't know if, if kids do that anymore. And, and why is that? You know, when Rick goes into, well, why don't kids just have a passion for, for music and for, and for art in general? Um, and it's been slowly replaced. I'm not saying, look, look, look. Broad brush. Video games are art. I, I, I will, I'm, not, I'm not a boomer saying that ah, there's, there's, there's no artistic value. In, no, no. The, the, video games are a form of art, 100%. Um, if anyone that, that has played a Halo game or a Bioshock game knows that there's, there's much art and, you know, there's, there's artistry and many different artists went into to build, crafting this story. It's no different than watching a movie, in my opinion, with some, with some well-crafted games. It's like a, um, uh, a Nolan, um, uh, Christopher Nolan, Nolan yeah, film. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I don't think that video games are, are also the end all be all either. But, you know, there doesn't seem to be this this passion for music. I'm not talking about, you know, um, it, someone says, oh, I like music. And you say, okay, well, what do you what do you listen to? And it's only... Little um, Baby. Well, no, not just that, but I'm saying that, like, there's not this deep, live passion for music. You know, if you have a, if you have a song on the card that, that you kind of bop to, okay, fine. I'm not talking like... But I'm saying, okay, here's what I'm saying. You only listen... <laughs> to a song because it's trendy <clears throat> right you don't actually form your own musical taste you say oh well, i heard this song on tiktok or i heard this song on a youtube video so therefore um that's my entire playlist it's just built up of these kind of songs you don't go searching for um searching for something you, you don't you, you don't you don't love it for, for, the, for the art the artistic value of it you don't love it because um of the the creativity of it or the great production the great instrumentation the great vocal performance you love it because oh i heard it on this video or i heard it in this a tiktok i think that's the main difference because like there's many people that, that listen to music just like they watch movies whereas it's passively what i'm saying is that if you say to someone that you watch movies like okay what kind of movies do you watch oh you know like the avengers films and uh yeah, that's not the new star wars yeah that's what i'm trying to say the theme parks of movies. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the instant gratification that comes with social media um, that has replaced sort of <clears throat> the uh, the the delayed gratification, I guess, that comes from music or the fact that you have to, um, with, with the exception of a, a few genres of music that are there solely for, um, to engage the listener. Like if you listen to uh, dance music, right? Dance music is supposed to instantly engage you because it's supposed to make you dance. It's kind of the purpose of the, the of the of the genre of music. You know, if if it if dance music didn't engage you, it would not be very good dance music. It just defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, it's the whole purpose. Um, but I I don't know. Maybe am I? Maybe it's just because I think that social media is so um, instantly gratifying that you know if you made a even if you brought like a popular artist that they love 
and made him listen to an entire record all the way through? Could they make it through that entire record um, all the way through and, and you know have a have a have a good opinion about what they listen to and uh, why they like it or don't like it? I don't know if that's something that can can be done. Am I am I am I like 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 an old boomer yelling at, at the sky? Well, no, I don't think so because sometimes I have a hard time <coughs> listening to an album in one sitting. Um, I like to go out and find like little hidden gems every now and then. Um, but I don't think so. I, I think with the thing with social media and other things like that, um, it's just you just kind of tap into the hive mind and your brain just kind of goes to sleep. Um, and you know, and that's why most of pop music is just so easily accessible. Not as a fact of, not because of Spotify and things like that, but because it's just so easy to listen to. It's not very offensive uh, in terms of like complex time signatures or complex keys or whatever it's just very it's just very mainstream and just very easy to listen well, to. well it's supposed to be it's supposed right. to be accessible it's supposed to be easy to listen to that's yeah. the whole idea and, and of it's it. it's because the way that it's written and structured is that you it can be broken down into these 15 30 you know, little sound bites for tiktok videos or instagram or whatever and so it's just it gets shared so much that oh this is what we're supposed to listen to because we've tapped into the hive mind this is what everyone else is doing I want to just I just want to fit in and be like everyone else and so I think it's what a lot of it is and you know um, even I started a new job and they were asking me you know what kind of music do you like and it turns out that some of the people there and I have similar music tastes and I thought oh this is exciting because uh, places that I've worked in the past. It's just been like you and I, we're just polar opposites from everyone. You know, I can sit down and listen to um, Yes's um, Close close to the Edge. Close to the Edge, or um, I forget the name of the other one, but they've got an album where like there's two songs on it and they're both 20 minutes long. I can sit down and listen to that, enjoy it, but for some people, if the song is longer than like three and a half minutes, like, man, this is a long song. Like, I, one of the first times I got to, the chance to take over the, the speaker at work, <laughs> I played, uh, it was an Iron Maiden song. Um, I think it was, um, uh, was it, uh, I forget, which one was it? Um, what's the one where he's, where he's about to be executed? Um, I don't know. I'm not the best on the on the Iron Maiden uh, <laughs> on discography. I'm sorry. Um Oh, what's it called? Oh, uh, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Oh, yeah. I put on Hallowed Be Thy Name, and it's like, what, a six, seven-minute song? And about halfway through, and, you know, in the middle, in the towards the middle of the song, Dave Murray, uh, Yingwick Gears, and um, Adrian Smith are doing, like, these dueling guitar leads and stuff, and it's, it's cool, it's fun, and then you got... Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, not not Brian. Um, Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson is just get the soaring vocal range, and Nico Mars. Uh, I'm sorry, Nico McBrainy. It's just got these insane drum fills, and then there's uh, um, Steve on the bass, just just doing all kinds of crazy things, and like it's like five minutes, and I'm like man, this is a long song. Like it's only five minutes, but because it's just not the re- repetitiveness of pop music, people don't like it. And they don't understand it. They don't get it. But not even. But look, the thing is that is that kids aren't even interested in pop music anymore. I, I think that you know, there's, there's many kids that just don't have an interest in um, in, in, in music in general, and that even pop music, which is supposed to be um, very easy to listen to, is supposed to be very very not saying addictive. But it's supposed to be very accessible, right? It's supposed to be just very um, you know fun. 
energetic, bright. It's supposed to be what pop music is supposed to be, and there's many, many different branches of pop music. Um, there's not just like one definitive sound of it. Um, but even that is not uh, grasping this this younger youth and generation. And um, I, I, you know, I just don't. I, I guess I'm coming from a musician standpoint, which you know I can listen to many different types of music and find something um, as long as it's you know good. And I, 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 you know, I'm not gonna find a, something positive to say about a bad. A piece of music but for the most part I can find something positive to find like oh this is an interesting point or I find this intriguing I find this, I find this aspect of it kind of engaging even though I may not uh, like the song particularly I can find some aspect to find that's positive about it um, and that's coming from somebody who's a, who's a like musician you know I play music and um, that's something I do every single week and uh, I'm always you know for, for learning but even if I wasn't a musician I'd still think that there's um you know, I, I still think that there's just there's this art, love and artistry to to music, and I don't think you have to be a musician to uh, to find <clears throat> to find beauty and to find complexity and something unique in a piece of music and a piece of art out there. And uh, you know, I think it comes a lot down to social media, where um, you know, and and. I've said this many, many times that you know bands like Rush and Dream Theater, all these progressive rock and metal bands are not the end all, be all, right? If you don't like Rush, that means you hate music, and that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but you know, no, if, you if, will sit and listen to the Necromancer. You, you will, will like listen. It. You will listen <laughs> to to Mystic Rhythms, and, and you will like the song. Um, but I, you know, I just feel that there's just not this this love for 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 music out there and I, I I don't know if there's a way to fix that. Um there's not a love for music outside of, of you know, there's there's literal TikTok uh playlists on Spotify. Every time I see them I want to shoot myself because I'm like does anybody actually listen to the entire song all the way through without the little fifteen second snidbit? And look, there are many songs that I love that have little fifteen second snidbits uh, that I love just listen to over and over again. It's not like, um, so won't get fooled again. Freaking love that scream oh, at, yeah. at the end of the drum solo. Love that scream um, that that Roger, that Roger Daltrey does. But I just don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me know in the uh, in, in a comment or in, or in an email or, or shoot me a message or something or on Twitter. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I, I'm complete, complete, going full boomer mode. Maybe like, oh, Jacob, you're you're ridiculous. My my four year old son um listened to Tool the other day, and he was giving me a full detailed essay about 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 each song and the great and the great like the artistry in it. You're, you're a moron. Maybe maybe that's the case. Um, I don't know. I just see that there just isn't even from people that I know, uh, that I interact with, um. You know, at work and at previous employment, that just don't seem to have this love. And maybe, maybe I'm comparing that to my deep love uh, for music because you know I like sports, I like movies, but music for me will is always the is always my first love when it comes to art. Uh, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know, I, don't, I just don't see that same passion. I don't see the same. Uh, I, I, I'll say, I'll say, I'll put it this way: I don't see many kids. Um, Putting a record on, or putting a, or going on well, Spotify I mean, and and putting an album on, and listen to the whole album all the way through. 
I mean, kids don't have records, Jacob. But you know what I'm saying. They I, don't. I they, they don't go on Spotify and they don't find a an artist that they like, and they don't go through the whole dis- the whole like discography. I think you. I think what your problem is is that um, you're you're lamenting the fact that younger people can't put on a concept album on shuffle and not enjoy it. <laughs> I listen to concept albums, <laughs> but not even that. <laughs> Like to just like this, it's an artist that you just find and you appreciate their music, um, and you just you fall in love with an, with, with an artist. And that, look, that doesn't mean you have to. It has, it has, that doesn't mean it has to be a rock band, right? There's many other great artists that ever played rock music, and that you can still go out and appreciate and, and love and that have a tremendous talent and, and artistry. But I just don't see many people that just d- dive deep into a into a discography. And, and learn it and become inspired to do art of their own. Like, I just don't think there's just there's just artistic um, just artistic capability and interest in the next generation. I just don't see as much of um, outside of, uh, you know, being artistic on TikTok, which I think is an oxymoron. And, <laughs> you know, um, wanting to uh, watch a, a live stream of someone playing video games, which again, nothing, nothing, nothing inherently wrong with that, but I don't find anything just sort of creative or artistic in that. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe that maybe maybe this next generation is going to be, um, you know, the next generation of great of great musicians and great producers and music um, innovators that we'll see an, an, another re- revolution of music. I don't know, but I just don't see it. I, I don't, don't see the, the drive for it. Um, I, because I, I just, from, from, from the, from the trends that I see in these certain playlists that come up and, um, how most of them are, are, you know, TikTok songs. And I'm like, these are only popular because some person put them to a funny or, 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 or a catchy dance. And it's the only reason why you know the song, and you you couldn't tell me any other um, song by that artist, and you know, and I I don't know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm completely wrong on this. Maybe it's because they like the lifestyle of some of these artists, and that's why they like listening to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure because I mean, you look at some of these like the, some of the trap artists or some of the more mainstream pop artists. Um, they all are. I think more fans of the lifestyle that they live than more so the music. Because like here, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, and, I, and I'll kind of wrap up on this. Whenever I discovered one of my favorite bands when I was in middle school and high school was a band called Amberlin. Okay, I have I have a poster, two posters of them. I have their the last ticket uh, that I that I got when I went on their farewell tour, and I have their final record on vinyl on my wall, hanging on my wall. Love this band. It's been my favorite bands of all time. And whenever I discovered them, whenever one of my best friends at the time showed me them, you know, there was this drive to go and listen to all their songs. Because like I said, I loved the music they were creating. I loved the artistry there. And I wanted to go and listen to all their songs. Whenever I discovered Rush, I wanted to go and listen to every single Rush song. I wanted to own all of the records. I wanted to own all the CDs. I wanted to know all the, all the songs by heart. Whenever I really got deep into the Beatles last year, I finally was like, okay, you know what? I haven't done a deep dive into the Beatles catalog. You know, I, I know a lot of their hit songs. I've listened to Sgt. Pepper's a few times. I've listened to the Abbey Road a few times, but I haven't actually dug deep in and spent a month of just nothing but Beatles music. Once you listen to like Revolver and you're like, wait, wait, there's more? 
You just want to dive deep and you want to and you want to just discover all of the artistry there. I just don't see kids finding a artist. Look, it, is, it does not have to be Anne Berlin or Rush or the Beatles. Just find like a unique artist out there. But it and could just, be Elvis. But you know, same, same with Elvis. I did <laughs> deep dives into, in, in, into Elvis Presley's stuff too. And the greatest record ever written was the, uh, the Blues Brothers record. Well, yes. But I'm saying that – do you understand what I'm saying? Is that they don't find an, an, an artist out there and just like just dive deep into their catalog and just want to love the artistry and want to love the art that they've that, that they've they've created. Maybe maybe I was just maybe I'm just different. Maybe I just I find that weird that you just don't want to just go and discover a record, you know, and just appreciate it for the for the art that it is. But we want to. Um, spend time just watching people dance in front of us because I guess that's just instant gratification. Maybe there's that chance that you won't like a song, and uh, and even if you don't like the song, you you can't find something beautiful about it. You know, I I, I don't. It's just weird. It's weird to me. And I, I saw this video and it just it got me got my head spinning and got me just thinking about this and and how. You know, I've interacted with people who, who who don't want anything to do with, with with music outside of what's what's trendy on a social media platform, and not even what's trendy on Spotify or Apple Music. What's what's trendy on the social media platform, and that's it. Just weird to me. It's I I, I can't relate. I find it completely alien to to live in the the mindset of wanting nothing to do with 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 art or sports. The the two things that I just can't I can't I can't relate to, I cannot relate to anyone that that has, wants wants nothing to do with those, or has no deep passion for one of those two things. So you have one of two options: you can follow Jacob's advice and just look for a new music and learn to enjoy it, or you can do what I do, and just reject uh, anything that's trendy or popular, and you basically just become a hermit who lives in a cave. Culturally speaking, I mean that's what I do, and it's working out great for me. Hey, I like all kinds of, of music my spotify rap is going to be interesting this next year it's going to be fascinating to see um what what, what what my top genre is my top songs my top if it's pop i'm gonna disown you i don't know if it, it, it might be it might be pop it might be rock i've listened to all kinds of stuff a new co-host I, i've listened to all kinds of stuff this year it's going to be a fascinating to rap um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe we just need to have classics night, and we just put on just a Led Zeppelin one for everybody, and just let it spin. Let it spin until people like it, or or eventually just drop dead. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to all this. But let me know. Let me know if I'm just um, if I'm just an old an old yelling boomer, um, who doesn't. Which is funny that people call me Look, boomer, even though I listen to. See, here's the thing. You can't, you can't be the boomer. I have to because how many times have I dropped Steely Dan this episode? Like five times. So if anyone's the boomer, it's I me. I don't hate Steely Dan. I just don't love them. They're fine. They're a fine band. They've made great music. I just don't love them to death. Okay. They're, it's like Bob Seger, right? Bob Seger's another I, guy. Now, okay, now I, can I understand don't that. love Bob Seger. I can appreciate for what he's done. Okay, another band example, ZZ Top. I don't love them. I, They've I made that. great music. I just don't love them. They just they just don't do anything for that me. That Texas style kind of rock and blues, it's just it's not really my thing. I think Steve Ray Vaughan did it the best, but I it's just not my thing. Steely Dan's one of those bands where I, I just I just don't love them. I can I can listen to them and I can appreciate the artistry there, 
But can I say that I love Steely Dan? No, I can't <laughs> say I love Steely Dan. There are many other artists that I find that, that, that I enjoy much more than Steely Dan, but I, I don't hate them. I will link Rick Beato's video in the description for this so you guys can go check it out and let me know your thoughts. I, I did post a comment down there so in, on, on Rick's video, so if you, if you like it or if you see the comment, be sure to like it and reply, hey, reply, hey, Jacob, great comment, really read it, keep it up, proud of you, right, right, right all that. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work, Jacob. All right, that he is the episode. Three million subscribers. Yeah, he's getting the three wow. million subscribers. All right, that's the episode. Episode one fifty five. Um, that's a big number here in Atlanta for some reason. It's a Braves thing. I don't know. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you loved what you listened to, consider subscribing to the Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you early access to every single episode. So why wouldn't you do that, doy? And then if you want to buy a t-shirt, Teespring store linked down below. My linked tree will also be there where you can follow me on Twitter. The YouTube channel is linked down there as well. And my album of the year page, which I am posting new album reviews every single week. So go and check that out from various amounts of uh, genres and artists. So check that out. Um, you can shoot me an email Jacob Standridge at protonmail.com is the best way to reach me there. And last but not least, give this episode a 10. Give us a 10 on what – look, if you made it this far, why wouldn't you give us a 10? Honestly, give us a 10. Go on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to the show. Give us a 10 and be sure to follow the show there. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, and unidentified space aliens – which, 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 which me, I, which me and Joe say, I, 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 <laughs> we'll see you guys next time.